conquering fears. That is where we're at at this point in time. I feel a shift from a great, a great focus in my life on healing wounds to now conquering fears. And it doesn't mean that those wounds are healed and those, that healing is done. But there's forward motion now from sitting and tending and healing and slowing down and just waiting um, to now moving forward. And as a result of having been heavily wounded, deeply wounded, I recognize that a bunch of old fears have come up for me and also new fears or yeah new fears kind of stacked on top of old fears that have been really bogging me down and so when you're in a space of healing wounds I do feel like you need to pull away from the world and heal. I'm like looking for a better word to heal and heal you need to pull away from the world and slow down and settle and heal and so the, the momentum ball stops rolling right but to get the ball rolling again I have to overcome fear and that's been a really confronting process and that's part of the healing of the wound I find the way I found it was that I sort of went through a period of fear and then guilt and then shame and then betrayal which are all the crutches of the chakras from low to high and this was not done with any awareness. This was not done like, oh, I'm feeling this, and this is, this is a uh, coming from this chakra, and this is as a result of this. The wound just seemed to work its way up my energetic body, and I found that really interesting. Because, I mean, I mean, you yourself, you got so wounded, you became an artist. <laughs> and I feel like healing is always happening, right? But sometimes, like you said. You actually, it's, it gets too intense and you have to retreat from everything. And I had never been there before. Because like I said, healing is always happening. So you're going, you go to sleep and your emotional body is doing its repairing, its healing. However, sometimes it's just so intense and overwhelming that you got to go back to the basics. For example, with me, I ended up, well, I was scared to sleep alone for quite a while after the wound of 2023. Yeah, because what we went through happened in the middle of the night and so it made that period of time quite frightening. That's when the nervous system was really on edge. And at least a hundred times since then, I've woken up around the time of we, us finding out the news around three or something, three between three and four o'clock. And I've woken up and been completely like stressed. Woken up stressed. And it's amazing. Like I said, healing's always happening, right? So. It's amazing how the body recreates the situation in order to process it. Yeah, I mean, I've got family members who have had to go on sleeping pills, uh, who have chronic um, sleep paralysis now. Mm -hmm. Just a lot of crazy stuff going on in the nervous system after what we went through last year. And People if you guys are not more. aware, you can just go back a couple of episodes and you'll find the story. Yep. Um, but yeah so let's let's create a little bit of distinction between having to set aside a part of your life to heal and the like the perpetual healing trap oh, and yes. and also just a healthy level of like 
moving forward while healing. Because I think those are three fundamentally different states. I agree. One is necessity, one is a healthy way to move through life, and the other is a trap. Well, okay, so I'm glad you brought that up because I was hoping to get to that point myself. Um, if you keep telling your body that you need healing, what you're telling your body is, and your emotional body, which may be scarred, you're telling it that it's not okay the way it is, and that it fundamentally has something wrong with it and it needs to change. That is the healing trap, I believe. And there's a really good video about this from Teal Swan called The Healing Trap. And when I saw it, it blew my mind because it reminded me of the approach of conditional love that we as humans tend to put on our, on, on our emotional bodies unknowingly um, in order to try and improve ourselves. And everyone wants to improve themselves, or a lot of people do in some way. And uh, that's interesting. Hey, Teal Swan used this metaphor. It's brilliant. She goes, it's like taking a sharp knife to a freshly healed wound and cutting it open again. Mm. Every time you say, I need to heal, I need to heal, I need to heal. And that's the interesting thing about the healing trap. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. So to, just to clarify, what we mean by the healing trap is getting stuck in life, not moving forward because you still have, because you quote unquote still have work to do or you're still working through a specific trauma. Perfect, or, yes, exactly. I guess just that. That's the perfect clarification, and, absolutely. Yeah, and you're just constantly reading a million different spiritual healing books or self-help books, or you're putting yourself in healing circles, or you're perpetually going to therapy. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing any of the above unless you are not doing the other things in your life that you feel like you desire or that you yes. you really want to do because you're still healing because as, as as two people who have just been through a year of having to pull back and heal i, I want to say to those people like you'll know when you need to stop life to heal i was i was i was about to like say the exact same point yeah. as you i'm so glad you said it yeah um there was no way i could continue my life no. without making that the foreground of everything because I was robbed of all will and energy yeah. for quite a long time. Yeah. I didn't have any ability to move forward in the things that I, and this is the key word here, want to move forward with. Yeah. I was completely stunted for months. And so like you said, you And sometimes know, you're pushing on that ball. Yeah. You know, you're trying, you're trying so hard to keep the ball rolling and to keep doing what you're doing and you're pushing and you're pushing, but nothing's happening. Yeah. That's when the body's like, hey, I can't do Just anything stop. else but heal. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, you don't have the awareness or the energy or the will um, to actually move anything because it feels like you're walking against a brick wall. Yeah. And that's when you know you should stop. Yeah. And, and yeah. everybody's going to reach a point in life where they need to do that for themselves. Oh, At some point, you're yeah. going to face such a monumental loss yeah. that you need to pull away to heal. I mean, whether sorry, it be sorry, um, whether it be <laughs> the loss of someone that you love, or the loss of a relationship, or maybe you've had some real shit from earlier childhood or earlier life that's come back up for you, yeah. and in those weeks or months, it's super present with you, and that's when you need to pull back to revisit and to heal. But then, yeah, how do you not get stuck there? I see so many people get stuck there. So the advice that I would give if you feel like you're in that trap or you're constantly doing the work, doing the work, it's like, I respect doing the work, but recognize that when you get to that point where you really need to heal, you're gonna wish that you had been doing more to build a strong foundation for yourself in terms of your work 
and your passions so that you're not the ball doesn't stop roll, start rolling back down the hill yeah. when you get overcome by life mm. what were you going to say? Um, I totally forgot That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so can you speak a little bit more about how um, what are we doing wound healing and overcoming fear can you speak a little bit more about how those two, two things are related or like where you're at with the with the journey with I both think, of those? I think that fear on some level is debilitating. When I say fear, I mean the physiological response to danger coming up when you're not really in danger. Mm. That's what I mean by when I say fear and that and that happens if for even sometimes when I think of like Let's say I want to pursue comedy and I want to write a five minute bit and I want to say it in front of an audience. That brings up that level of fear. I feel like I'm being chased by a lion when I think about that. And that to me is like, oh, well that's, that's not a positive kind of fear because I'm currently not being chased by a lion. I don't know if you can tell with my breathing or my communication or anything of that nature. Um, there's no lions also in Australia, so we could, we could actually there is in the zoo, but I'm not being chased by any of those ones. So conquering your fears, and this is something I learned quite young through skateboarding actually I was a very very obsessed young skater and when I would do something sometimes I would uh, when I say it when I say that let me rephrase when I would attempt something that was very dangerous but also very satisfying if I would land it um, there was always a million ways I could fall and fuck up my entire body brain I never wore a helmet um, and I was a street skater which is one of the more dangerous kinds of skating because again no armor I remember I had this instilled into me very young. Every time I would attempt something pretty crazy, I would fall over and, and I, without hesitation, I would reach for my board, get up immediately and go and do it again. So that the time that I failed and the time that I attempted it and landed it successfully was as short as possible. And the more I would sit there and hesitate, the more the fear would consume me and the more I was less likely to do said thing. The more involved that the mind got. The, like bingo. And I, I wasn't aware that that's what was happening at the time, but, but in hindsight, that's exactly the right way of, of wording it. So I became, re I learned that lesson physically. I learned that lesson in the real world. And recently in my life where things have shown up where I'm like, hey, do a big front flip off this ledge. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm scared. And I'll stand there for 40 minutes being scared. And then finally I'll go back and I'll do it. And that is something that, I don't know what it is. I, I feel like it's a mixture of will, shame, and expectation coming together in some weird ass fucking cocktail to allow me to go thinking about walking away and going, oh shit, like I didn't do what I said I would do. Like, holy fuck, I didn't do what I wanted to do for myself. How do you feel about that? Well, I, well, I feel shame. Holy shit, I, I, I should be embarrassed. Why couldn't I do that? Other people have done that. Why can't I do that? And so that's the sort of thought process. And then it would lead towards, well, I expect better of myself. And I expect that when I want to do something, I should be able to do it. And there's nothing separating me from anyone who has done it. So why can't I just do it? And I'll turn around and I'll do it again. And um, this all, I, I, I was having these trains of thoughts as a 10 year old literally 10, 11, 12, 13, all the way up to about 16, um, which is when I kind of stopped skating and pursued music more. Um, yeah, so that's what conquering fear 
has looked like in the past for me and where it came from yeah uh there's a there's a few things i want to touch on with that i so the thing about the flow state i believe um i should probably do a little bit more research into this or it doesn't matter in this moment but i believe that it's not about not having your mind switched on but it's about entering a different state of mind where there's this real harmonious synergy between the mind and the body where your thoughts are not overrunning but you're also not moving without um guidance from them like there's a knowing right but, there's but a knowing i find that knowing comes from the heart but but the, i think there's a synergy between the mind and the body because yeah. it's not an ignorant hate place to move from it can yeah. be and i would say that In there's a case, kind of not. there's a kind of flow state where someone but i don't think so like you know how people when it's not being reckless you know flow is not being reckless flow is flow so mm. there's a fine line between overthinking and not acting and then acting recklessly and i think that flows it's somewhere in between those two points. Yeah. And then I think that as adults we stop engaging in activities that force us to face our fears and we go so long without doing it that when we get to those points where it's like, "Oh, like I want to do a flip off this diving board or whatever," you're crippled by fear because you're you've not engaged in that part of yourself that just goes for it that just mm. goes for it and trusts itself and so that's something i've been very conscious of throughout i think throughout my 20s because i i have a very anxious disposition by nature if i'm not on top of it if i'm not in my best state right i can i'm very prone to anxiety and so i i was never tr- like really connected to my body through my youth especially not in a healthy way And so I never really put myself in situations where I was facing my fears and challenging myself and developing skill and developing this really healthy relationship between my mind and body and so as I approached my early 20s I became aware of how many things I was afraid of doing. And so it became a really conscious process for me mm. to okay I'm standing at the jump rock. I have to jump. I do not want to walk away from this experience having failed. Yeah. I do not want to because I assess the danger. I watch other people do what I want to be doing and I'm like there's nothing there's no way that I can die here. Mm. What's the worst that could happen? I really don't think there's I don't really don't think I could screw it up that badly so why not? And I've been I've put myself in that position a lot of times and so I've built up that part of me that had so much fear of like swimming into deep water used to be a fear of mine jumping off of heights and catching waves catching waves and so I want to talk a bit a little bit about this weekend I mean one one prominent moment of overcoming fear was mermaid pools for both of us that was huge which was is like, like a 16 meter jump into um a freshwater like a freshwater swimming hole and we stood there for like 30 to 35 minutes just watching other people do it it's such a big jump like when you're standing on the edge of that it is a huge jump you fucking look down and you just see death <laughs> even though like you know people even younger than you and older than you are walking by and doing it over and over and over again you just you just when you stand there and you're contemplating your life and jumping into that body of water see for me it's not <laughs> death it's just fear it's just fear like it's such a, such an edge It is such an edge. It's pretty high up. It's really high up. So anyway, <laughs> I and I I was more scared of the feeling of hiking back to the car knowing that I was standing on that cliff and I didn't jump. Mm. I was more scared of that feeling of shame and 
guilt or just disappointment. You feel being like you betray myself. yourself, right? I betray myself and I, yeah. and I rob myself of an opportunity to feel on top of the world because I've felt that so many times before. I've had so much fear in my life. I've lived in fear. So... I, I did that jump and it was the best thing I ever did and would I do it again? Fuck no because it's scary and no maybe I would do it again you but you can't do it again no I can't do it again because uh, the it's closed down the pause. waters are polluted yeah. but um I didn't need to do it a second time I was like okay that's it it's done I did it I can say I've done it like I'm happy with that um, and it's funny how just a side note of the story it's funny how when we did jump down there the jump wasn't as scary as climbing a rope up through a slippery waterfall. That for me was the scariest part, not necessarily a jump, even though that in itself was such an edge, but you have to climb up a slippery waterfall. A running edge. waterfall. Yeah, with moss like all the way up it, and it's running, so it's like quite a rushing water. And the only thing to aid you is this like rickety rope. <laughs> and I don't really, ha- I didn't at the time have very strong upper body strength either, so I was like, how am I gonna get myself out of this pool? Yeah, fuck. Um, so that, that was actually, once you're in, the scariest part is climbing back up and then because the, the fear only lasts for a moment and then you hit the water but then when you're climbing up it's like five minutes of like oh my god <laughs> one wrong move with my foot and I just I, I hurt myself and this that's happened to many people at Mermaid's Pool yes there was that story we found out from a local when we were there that was the French backpacker who was he jumped off and then the only way to get out is by climbing up this waterfall. There's no other way back to civilization. So if you um, hurt yourself? So he actually dislocated his shoulder whilst trying to climb up. And then they had to bring down a helicopter yeah. to pick him up. He had and to bring be him back. out. Yeah. yeah, he couldn't move. Nobody can carry you out no of one, Yeah, no one. So that was part of what made it, the whole thing so even- scary. <laughs> there was so much to consider, right? Yeah. Um, and even this weekend, because um, this weekend's been really symbolic for me in terms of confronting my fear. Because just to backtrack or side note a little bit, like I feel like I'm in the space of I'm ready to start moving again. I've, I've done like nine or ten months of really deep healing work and just set everything aside, my goals and my ambitions, to heal. And that's been what I needed. It's really been what I needed. And as I continue to heal, I'm ready to start moving forward. But as I mentioned, I'm really confronted by all of this fear. Like I sit down to create, I sit down to work, and I'm like, oh my God, I have so much resistance. I'm so fucking scared. Um, and so, yeah, just contemplating all of this and going away <coughs> this weekend, bless you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, so the first thing was, um, cause I've gotten caught in a rip before and almost been like, I've been drowning a little bit. Um, what are you trying to do right now? Okay. Um, and so, yeah, so that to, like created a little bit of a healthy fear of the healthy and rational fear of the ocean for me and then I, I've never like skated I've never surfed um, or done anything like that I usually do calm sports and calm exercises where I'm not being thrown like um, yoga yeah like yoga which is what I'm used to so this weekend like first of all in super choppy waters we went not super choppy waters oh my gosh but my version of choppy waters uh, we went for a surf and so not only did I confront like just running into the surf and being unafraid to be in the water on a day like that but I actually, with Jess's help, was able to get, my second time attempting surfing, was able to get on a board and surf a wave, which was an incredible feeling. What a feeling, hey? The best it's feeling. Worth it. Yeah, one and with then, nature. Yeah, and then second of all, we were on this little nature walk and I was kind of doing like running man fingers, kind of like running along the edge of a bridge. And all of a sudden, I stopped because I was like, holy shit, like right in the next running man section, um, there's a, there's a dead huntsman spider and it was a medium sized one. 
And that that's my biggest fear. It's completely irrational. I am just deathly afraid of huntsman spiders. I'd rather do mermaid's pool 10 times over than have to have a huntsman spider crawl on me. But in that moment, I was like, oh, here it is again, an opportunity to confront my fear. Um, and then Jess is like, go touch it. This is your opportunity to <laughs> touch it's it. It's dead. Go touch and it. And we yeah. were talking about this last week, weren't we? We were like, so this year you're going to touch a huntsman spider? And I was we like, we did say that last week. I was like, week, F yeah. no, never. Like, I'm not going to do that. This was like last week. It's weird how you'd quicker let a funnel web spider crawl on you than like touch a dead huntsman, huntsman spider. Yeah, it's not, it's not rational. Um, but I touched it. That was amazing. Which was huge. And patted it for a while. Yeah. And then just earlier today, um, Jesse and I stopped at this like absolutely gorgeous swim spot where the river meets the ocean. And there was a strong current coming from the ocean into the river. And because we're quite wary of, I mean, as we have to be, of like rips and currents in Australia when we're swimming, we stood there and we're like, this is a really freaking strong current. But the water, the color of the water is some of the most beautiful we had ever yeah, seen. It was a different kind of pristine blue. Yeah. You don't see that every day. Yeah. Very precious. And we were watching like a few different people jump in like towards the ocean and swim across the river while getting carried back further down the river. Yeah. And then ending up on the other side, like 10 or 20 meters from where they jumped in. And we're like, oh my gosh, I really want to swim in this water but we're really not sure about how strong the current is, how strong swimmers we are in this moment, and if it's safe to do so. And after a whole bunch of like contemplation and healthy observation combined with fear, we decided to jump in and swim across the river and be carried by the current, and then we did the same thing on the way back, and it was like the best thing we ever did. Yeah, that's So that's great. three for three confronting fears of this weekend, and so... Woo, woo! High five. Moral of the story is, that was like three opportunities in three days to confront my fears. And there are situations that you can put yourself where you take healthy calculated risks, but you also just, if you're not going to die, then why the hell not? What's the worst that could happen? That's what I keep asking. That's a question I ask myself in these moments. What is the worst that could happen? And if I don't have a good answer for that, then why not? Because that is an opportunity to move forward, to get the ball rolling. Speaking of getting the ball rolling, you mentioned in your 20s you didn't take a lot of risks and earlier than that is was that do you reckon that's because you didn't feel a strong connection to your body yeah i was very completely dissociated so do you think that in order to conquer fears there's a, cor a positive correlation of having a strong connection to your body and your ability to conquer a few hundred percent that would make sense to me yeah. i feel like i was very blessed to be in a situation where i developed that pretty young yeah or as a lot of people don't necessarily grow up being very connected to their bodies. Yeah. And I wonder if those people are fearful people or not. You know, it's hard to know. It's, I, I really do believe that to be the case. I think it's worth connecting with your body so that you, when you come to these situations, you can trust yourself enough to be able to move through them. And sometimes in that moment, to move through the fear, you know, to jump off the ledge is to trust your body you know, is to trust that there's, your body will no be other okay. Way. Yeah. There's no other way. And that's why, okay, so I, I was watching Avatar the other day, the movie, um, and the guy, I forget his name, I think it's Sully or something, he became like a hero. And the thing about him is that he wanted to be an Avatar right away. And so he dove into the deep end and he came back and reported back to the military corporal. And the phrase the guy said was, you've got hot. You've got hot. And meaning that you are fearless and you've got passion and charisma in the way you go about approaching any situation that might be dangerous. Mm. And I thought about that phrase a lot when I thought about 
when I watched that movie, when I thought back to that movie, you've got heart. So, so there must be something, this is why I said before, like you said that the flow state is somewhere be, uh, between a connection of like, um, what did you use? Mind and body. But phys- yes. phys- physically, physiologically, and energetically, the, the heart is the, the mid the middle ground between the mind and the body. That's right. And so the, I think I've always thought of the, the heart as the compass. Yeah. So the heart is your direction, right? So if And you like regulation heart, of the breath and the nervous system, therefore your heart rate is also what creates that ideal state within yourself. Yes. So it makes sense. So what an interesting phrase to, th- to think of like heart being connected to fearlessness. And then when I think about, um, again, I think this was Teal Swan and her... Uh, like working with the heart chakra video, um, she said that when your heart chakra is open, you feel invincible. Yeah. And that connected Avatar with some, you know, some beautiful uh, metaphysical Hinduism. And to me, I think of the heart as the heart is by nature fearless. The heart is by nature connected to everything. Uh, and a guide for you connected to truth and wisdom and knowing knowing yeah yeah i mean that one that one rings true to me a lot and so that's why i feel like in those decisions where i act from my heart and not from my mind at least as a 10 year old skateboarder um that's how i was able to get there if i sit there and deliberate in my mind on potential danger and oh is this worth the risk and all this kind of um Calculate all these kind of calculations. Yeah, my mind can take over. That's and like that even would, I would ruin it. You're totally right. Even going for the surf, you know, like I could have easily said, "No, I'm okay. I've already tried the surf thing before." But again, I would have walked away from that experience feeling so disappointed. And that comes from because my heart desired to do that in that moment. Mm. How freeing is it to sit on the beach? Not, f- I guess it, it, it feels is freeing, freeing, freeing is to right just word. even sit on the beach and watch someone catching waves. It's pretty to watch cool. someone yeah. <laughs> riding the ocean. It is just the most incredible thing. It's exhilarating. And so you could sit there and be like, oh, I wish I could do that. I could never do that. Or you could give it a freaking shot. And that opens your heart, man. It opens the crap out of your heart. And then by its very nature is not conquering your fears healing your wounds yeah that's especially especially if you have a wound related to self-betrayal or betrayal of any kind conquering your fears i mean i mean you hold yourself to that high standard mm. for, that's step one I, I believe i could do this yeah. so step one step two is maybe it's step two is i can't i actually don't think i can mm. and you hear it in the wording i don't think yeah. you know um the energy's gone up to the mind and then it's like oh but i'll feel really embarrassed and and ashamed or, or, or annoyed if I can't do this, unsatisfied, all those kinds of words. And then it's like, you just dive in. Yeah. You, just, you just do it. Yeah. Um, purely from listening to your heart. And yeah, and then satisfaction and reward. And in a way, it does feel healing. You know why? Here's why I think it is. Because you develop a stronger sense of trust within yourself. And you develop a stronger sense of trust between your heart and your mind. Yeah. And also you you cultivate that relationship with your body Mm. where you can switch off the mind in those moments and trust your body to do what it needs to do to get through the experience. Trusting the intelligence of the body. Yeah. And that brings us back to the healing the wounds thing because like I said before, I really truly believe and feel and see that healing does take place all the time. When we fixate on it, 
I believe it's, it's either because we're trying to heal from something so fucking tragic or maybe the fixation has actually found its way up to the mind. Yeah, we're afraid to move forward and so we start to see the wound as the way. The wound as the way. Fixation on the wound as the way rather than trusting that the way forward will heal the wound in time. Wound is the way. What a that should be a book title. Anyone out there listening, and you want to write a book about the wound and it being the way? Um, it is and it isn't depending on the way you see it. That's the it, thing, and the it, way it you has approach to be it from the right angle. Yeah. Right angle, of course. That could be like I broke my leg jumping, going rock climbing on a mountain without a harness. It's like don't go do that again. <laughs> That's fucking reckless. In that situation, the Unless wound is not the way. Unless you have a high level of trust in your body. Even you know, then, people do it's crazy like, shit. shit. Like, yeah, people, yeah, yeah, okay. But they want... have such a high level of trust in their bodies. They've cultivated that switching off the mind and completely operating from intuition and instinct, which is so admirable. But that's where I say, like, it's so important to take calculated risks. Like, even risks, risks. Like, <laughs> even today, <laughs> even today, crossing that river, we watched people do it. It was almost a no-brainer. And if we get caught in the rip, it's like you just end up in that lake section and it's pretty placid. Mm. But we know the waters of Australia enough to know that you don't F with the waters of Australia. No, right? If you don't, If you don't know what you're doing and it looks like there's a rapid or a rip, then you don't do it. So that's why we stood there for like 20 minutes just going, ah, should we, shouldn't we? Cut then, our foot on the rocks a hundred times. But, the, but what made us do it is watching enough people do it and seeing how relaxed they were while doing it and then just going how would we feel if we walked away from this having not done it and we, and both, we did walk away for a while we did and, and you know what we, we realized we we're like oh, i'm already disappointed yeah i hadn't even taken like five meters worth yeah. of steps and i was like yeah i feel like a douche so I, yeah and i turned I around adjusting. and i'm like no yeah. way i'm gonna do this to myself like i don't like i don't like that feeling that's and again feeling. Yeah. that's worse than that's having when, that's when you let fear win yeah yeah so yeah there's just that yeah you just there are times when if if it's dangerous you don't do it but you know when it's not and your mind will try to create ways in which it is but you've got to be able to then distinguish between the heart and the mind and catch yourself when you're spiraling that's a skill to catch yourself when you're spiraling because if you spiral in that moment then you're probably also the kind of person who spirals on that grief journey Oh, sorry, not the grief journey, the uh, healing journey, right? You know what I mean? Like you mean getting caught in the healing trap? Getting caught in the healing trap, yeah. You you can get stuck in like, oh, but I'm not ready. And oh, but I'm too tender. And oh, but I don't trust myself to do that yet. Yeah, that's very interesting. You know, so I really believe that meeting ourselves in those moments can reveal so much about where we are at and mm. the way we are relating with ourselves. And I... I think for me as a practice, I want to engage with that space so much more moving forward where you're trying something that scares you. And for me, it can just, you know, be renting a board and going for a surf every now and then when I start to feel like I'm stuck because on the other side of this weekend, I feel like I can do anything. The ocean really gets things moving in your psyche. Yes. So it's very good. I mean, I mean, it's the very connecting force that connects all things, but it's also the the essence of flow like you cannot stop the waves from happening you yeah. know yeah it's it's they require so much presence especially with the waves you <sighs> can you can lay in a body of water and be relaxed and feel a deep kind of peace but the level of presence it that you need to cultivate in order to say swim with the waves for an hour 
it's almost like you're sprinting for a whole hour physically, but then one wave comes, you go under it, and then you, you open your eyes, and oh my god, one's just coming right now, shit, go down again, and you gotta, it's, it's a constant conversation with your body in the water, Yeah. and that's what I'm drawn to about yeah. the ocean. Yeah, and, and I never used to be drawn to this, you know, waves were never my thing, but you're right, like, you don't get a moment to almost even breathe when you're in the waves, but then you have to regulate your breath, mm. because you have to, like you said, be so damn present with the water in that yeah. situation, because every wave is different, and there's no regularity, and sometimes you'll get... Some time to breathe and other other times it's like wave after wave after wave and they're getting bigger and there's whitewash and you're being yeah. dragged down so it's like <laughs> do I need to swim under this one jump over this one or can I just stand through this one and it, yeah it, that that in it and then you're trying to catch waves in between that and and what I recognize as well trying to catch a wave is that you can't hesitate when you when Jesse says get on the board I need to get on the freaking board I can't yeah. be like oh well oh, you, you mean this wave and by the time I've missed it <laughs> you know I've missed it so yeah it's a lesson of spontaneity as well isn't yeah it? <laughs> but even uh, even for me what really really helped me cultivate my ability to meet myself in this space is becoming a stronger swimmer Right, I really think that relating to water can do so much for this part of ourselves because it's the realm of emotion. Elementally, it's the realm of emotion. It's how we feel, right? It gets things flowing, the nature of flow, the nature of liquid. It's also all pervasive. Like it gets completely on your insides, you swallow it, it goes in your nose, your sinuses, your eyeballs, like you're, you're in it. You can't be all in, you can't, for me, water's all in or all out. Like don't half-ass it, get, get all the way in or don't bother. And then being able to play and engage with water and not be afraid. Learning how to swim well so that you can, you know, be unafraid to swim out into deeper water. Or if you feel a bit of a pull, you can swim against it. Or you can play with having a surf. Or you can play with swimming across the river mouth. Like, yeah, but then it's the same thing, right, as connecting with your body. You cultivating yeah, I was about to strength. say that. Yeah. It, is, it is, isn't it? It's, the, it's literally the same thing. So strength training, I, I also in the same vein recommend to anybody cultivating the strength to be courageous because it takes strength it mm. takes fire it takes will it takes will will's a big one and uh during the wound of last year um i did lose my will for a while and you know i was ridden with all kinds of fear all kinds of guilt all kinds of um removal of will and I, I just felt limited. I, I didn't, it wasn't like I was able to overcome that. I felt that that was, that was me now. And feeling my way through all that meant being honest with, okay, if I get, if I get out of bed and go for a walk today just once, that's a fucking win. And then celebrating those wins, building upon those wins and allowing myself to get better at the pace that my body wants me to get better at. Yeah. Not the pace my mind was going to get better at. There were so many days where I would go into the studio and record for three, four, five, six hours and be completely dissociated and still manage to create, but not, not, from, a, not from a place of joy, happiness, calmness, and presence. From a place of, again, guilt. Mm. I, I, the thoughts that were all pervasive back then was, I should be creating, I should be making music, I should be in the studio. Mm. And those kinds of thoughts are very they feel very different to I want to get in the studio I want to create I can't wait to go create this thing I can't wait to finish this one song very different you can even hear in the energy of my voice one sounds exciting and one sounds like it's being absolutely forced and yeah I think 
adding to what you said about cultivating a relationship with, with the body, cultivating a relationship with your soul. Your soul speaks to you through emotion. Emotions are the language of the soul. And so if you can find a way to try your best to understand when your soul's trying to talk to you, that could be journaling, that could be um, sitting in meditation, that could be, am I taking this left? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that could be, I mean, yoga, that could be sitting in a yin posture and crying at the end of it. Whatever it is, um, if you can find a way to connect to your soul's communications towards you, then that can be a very fruitful thing to cultivate when it comes to healing the wound. Healing the wound and also conquering fear. All of it. See, I All think, I think that's, that's leans more on the side of healing the wound. And then I think more of those active yang based activities skew more on the side of conquering the fear. Oh, you know what? That's a, that's a very, uh, very good perspective. Uh, and that's why I think you need both the yin and the yang. I think you can't, I think you need to both heal the wound and conquer the fear. Mm. And sometimes you need to do, be doing more one than the other, but it's really about understanding what you need and when. And sometimes they happen together alongside each other. And I, different practices cultivate different spaces. So if you are one of those people who gets caught in the healing trap, where you're always healing but never really moving forward, then probably you do a lot of those gent those gentler practices like journaling like meditation like uh you know gentle somatic body work and yin yoga and stuff so you you're willing to meet yourself in that wounded space but not in that courageous space and so for you i would say like get in the water and swim learn to swim or get in the gym and lift weights or start running like get your fire burning and then for people who are like always moving forward but then they're like repressing their emotion. There are wounds that they haven't healed. Their hearts are closed. They don't believe in love anymore or whatever it is. It's like slow down and like do some yin, do some journaling, do yeah. some meditation. Feel your emotions. Feel yeah. your listen, emotions. Listen to the feelings that pop up when you just sit there still. Yeah. And go into them. Yeah. Figure out what's going on and try to bring love to those places. Yeah. Because um, I know lots of people in both of those places, and I've been in both of those places, yeah. so I, I can I can really understand that. And, and it's uh, they're both uh, two extremes, aren't mm -hmm. they? They're both two extremes. They're both two sides of the same thing. One is more socially acceptable, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, it's obviously not good to be angry and violent. That's less socially acceptable. That gets you in jail. And that can also swing towards risk-taking behavior. Yes, it can. Wait, sure. yeah, you just in, courageousness sure. turns into just complete ignorance, and I've been on that. And I think that happens that when your heart is not open. Yeah, exactly. But you still feel a need to um, express certain emotions and have no other way to do it. Yeah. For example, one of the things I learned when I was going through what I was going through last year was that punching and kicking is actually one of the most effective ways to remove repressed anger from the body. For you? No, full stop. For anyone? For anyone. No, for anyone. Yeah. If you have the ability to punch and kick, you will be surprised how much it helps you. So there, true. There were so many moments, and this is coming to That's you. why martial artists are zen. Yeah. At the core, they're zen. <laughs> yes. The best yes. ones, at Kung least. Fu as well. That's, that's um, one thing I learned from the book I was reading called Eastern Body, Western Mind by Anadea mm. Judith. 
fascinatingly insightful book, so well written, but don't purchase the Audible version because someone very unpassionate read that book. You've got to have a physical got, copy. It's worth one, seeing as yeah. well, this diagram. For that work, one, through, yeah. work through it slowly. It's, it's I also highly kind of rate it. I revisit it over and over throughout the years and every time it's insightful. Anyway, so insightful. Really. Yeah, so ultimately when it comes to stored emotions of anger and frustration, um, punching and kicking, she recommended, was is such a beneficial um, practice. And there was this thing that happened when I started to incorporate that into my movement practices. I found that when I was boxing, I was able to go into this trance where I just kind of release all this rage onto the bag and then the amount of peace that I would feel after that, when that session was over, after I'd, you know, I'd jump in the sauna, then get back in the car and go home, the sense of peace I would feel driving home mm. was uncanny. Mm. And so that showed me that, hey, I had a lot of stuff to work through. I probably still do, but it was very, very helpful to do that. And, um, and you've quietened the mind, right, in doing so? Yeah, you're just letting the body release what it's storing. And if you yeah. don't release it, it builds up inside you and it, and then you and then you and then you manifest situations in your world that try to get you to release it for example if someone cuts you off in traffic you probably have repressed anger i mean i don't believe um, i mean i personally believe that's how it works your emotions and your soul is always interacting with the physical plane and receiving feedback that which you're responding to but it only creates the feedback based on what's inside you and what gets repressed and what needs to come out yeah it's like uh, similar rates of vibration when they meet each other magnify and they're drawn to one another yeah there's a lot of information about that if anyone yeah. has any questions should be a message but it's interesting like when you do that body work to reach that state i think that the opposite can happen if you're stuck in the healing trap if you're stuck in that like perpetual state of self-help or spiritual healing I actually think that can send you so deep into the mind spiral. I experienced that within myself. Like, it, switch, it switches on the mind space of like, oh, now I need to do this, and now I need to do that, and I need to think more can like I this, and I need to act more like that. Give me an example. Um, I'm very curious. I don't know. Like, for me, it's like... It's, it's just what I shared. Like, okay, so... I'm just trying to think of a space where I've kind of been too much in the healing. Yeah, I mean... So in this space that I'm in right now, I'll use a current example of when I'm ready to move forward and take the next steps um, for my business and for my um, whatever, everything that I do, my career, my craft. Um, but I still feel like, uh, I don't know, I don't is think it that's a good like, example. Is it kind of like you feel as if you have to feel more you feel like you're not actually processing the emotions and so you start thinking about how to bring upon situations where you can feel the emotions yeah is that kind of it Am yeah I, I the, yeah it's like oh i should be doing more of this and i've been too much like that so i need to shift more towards being like this and it's like so that makes you more thought oriented and then also and also what i've been recognizing as well is like how much i think i think this gets to the crux of it how much information do we consume that is help like that we believe is helpful for for us we listen to podcast after podcast we read post after post listen to book after book yet how much time do we spend sitting with that knowledge and implementing this knowledge i was sitting with my cousin who's very wise and he shared i don't know who um who shared this knowledge originally but he said if we listen to an hour of information on how to make ourselves better we should spend two hours sitting with that information 
and at least three hours applying it or something like that's that. That's amazing. I and love that. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. But I think that when you're stuck in the healing space or the, or the self-help space, we um, consume so much more information than we can actually apply. And I believe that is the trap. That is the trap where it's like... Uh, yeah, you're hunting knowledge for the sake of knowledge and yeah. always waiting for something to be as impactful as one of the first things. Yes, that and it's like, oh, when I find this, I will change. And I just need to find this to help me process my emotion. And it's like, yo, like you've probably already got it and it's likely just going to come from within you. So you mm-hmm. need to listen more deeply and continue to move forward on your path. Rather than now, I need yeah. to read his book and read his second book and his third book and I need to go to this girl's circle. And it's like... Just be careful, you know? I'm not saying, I mean, I freaking love self-help. Well, that's self-help. chasing. Isn't that just, like, what drug addicts do? Speaking... Yeah. So- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never mind, I'm not going to go into that tangent. Um, yes. Because you're looking for that next fix, aren't you? So you're yeah. chasing an emotion and, and looking for something that already exists within, but external stimuli continually brings up, and therefore you feel more compelled yeah. to chase something similar the next time yeah. because it's a spiral, right? Yeah. Um, there was a Hilltop Hood song called Chase That Feeling that comes to mind um, which was I mean you can imagine what that's about and then sorry what were you going to say you were going to say something oh that was random go on I, thought you, were, I thought you were going to speak um, <laughs> and ultimately this is why I tell people when you find a book you like read it a number of times yeah because like you said spending time thinking about it deliberating on it and, and, and then spending time actually actioning it is different to reading the next book and the next book so I mean some of my favorite books I've read between 5 and 15 times and sometimes I'll read half of it and then I'll put it away and then read the second half two or three years later when I need that, when I need that same information when I'm trying to reaction certain aspects of it but I have always one of my, one of my favorite questions to ask the people is what's your favorite book and what I get back is, especially people who are into the self, self-help stuff or personal development, I don't really like the word self-help because I think everyone needs help. Personal development's a much better way it's, to put it, yeah. Yeah, it's like you're improving yourself. Now yeah. you're optimizing your system yeah. rather than like, oh, I have a virus, please cleanse me with your antivirus <laughs> software. No, again, more toxic uh, ways of perceiving the situation. Yeah. So, so fuck the self-help word. That can just disappear. And uh, I feel like there might even be this like sick and weird conspiracy where it's like if we label it self-help then maybe people will be less likely to want to help themselves I don't know it's a weird it's a weird thing I've always felt that was a stupid title Mm. in the personal development realm I like to ask people what their favorite book is and what I often find is a unique insight into their minds and what helps them be not only a good human but what certain understandings pervade their life in a way that brings positive influence to them and their loved ones and I I absolutely love that conversation I don't get to have it enough but it's a beautiful conversation Um, and that's why I I met someone in America who was dyslexic and she didn't read a lot of books but she was obsessed with this one book and she handed me a copy of it Uh, it was called Big Magic and I read it and I I didn't read the whole book sorry she handed me a copy and I just skimmed right over it over the next five minutes and I was like this is brilliant and then I asked her how many times you read this out of curiosity because it looked worn in you know when books look like they've been turned the pages have been turned a number of times and she goes oh countless Mm. and I was thinking this is a very powerful manifesto and successful musician who I'm talking about right here so I realized she didn't have to read 4,000 different books and 
go to all these lectures. All she did was understand what was said in this one book because this one book spoke to her. Yeah. And someone who's not necessarily very intellectual but very intelligent in her own way yeah. managed to download the information from this. And that's why chasing that dragon, chasing that fix, that new hit of aha moments from new books, it's not bad, but not I as powerful as if you were to go back to the ones that really spoke to you and reinterpret and work with those. Yeah, I t totally resonate with that. I think you have to bounce it off of like how much information am I consuming versus how much or slash how much time am I spending uh, contemplating the way I need to be versus how how am I progressing? How am I progressing? Am I continually progressing? Am I moving in a forward direction? Have I gained ground? Yeah. Because I truly believe that we're here to grow, to grow. Physiologically, we're here to grow. So why not in every other single way? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So for sure. if you cannot, if you are consuming more than you were growing, then you need to cut back the consumption. And this is of everything, right? This is of everything including like sometimes we can funnel our energy if we stop scrolling we can just obsess over like a podcast a self-development podcast instead or something but it's like i and this is why i say as well like being stuck in the space of like i need to improve myself versus and i need to heal versus being at a place where you're like oh holy shit i need to heal like shit i really need to heal they're very different places yeah and because you, you think you know the second one until, until you, you until do you really fucking know it and then it's like there's nothing else you can do yeah but having just having been in that space um for the last year almost like having really been in that space and now sort of like seeing the light on the other side of it a little bit even though again it's not black and white like i'm there and i'm not um i have this gift from that time i have that gift from i have this gift from this tragic loss and this deep wounding that is recognizing that I want to consume less of this really valuable, really helpful knowledge because I have a lesser capacity for consumption now because if I want to start moving forward, then I still am not at 100% capacity, right? Because to some level I am still healing. So I need to manage my energy and my time very wisely. So I need to dial back on the consumption so I can have more energy to put into forward motion. Yeah. But then when it comes to consumption, I'm still thirsty for the knowledge. I'm thirsty for the inspiration. And so I'm like, wow, I need to, instead of listening to a million different books and keep using my audible credits and stuff like that, I need to put the account on hold and I need to like dial back on the podcasts and stuff. And like you said, choose like a handful of my favorite books. And at the moment it's stuff like... Um, I'm reading like the decision which is great but like I want to listen to the war of art again I should revisit the power of now like that's stuff that I've already revisited that's helped me in the past that I think that will continue to help me moving forward so that I'm I'm absorbing more intricate details of that which is already greatly serving me rather than absorbing superficial level details of a million different things you know and that way i have greater capacity to move forward with what i already need to do and i'm also not getting information on stuff that i don't fundamentally need it's like yeah cool i can go listen to an episode of andrew huberman on high performance in uh, high altitude uh, cardiovascular functioning spaces and that's absolutely fascinating for me on like an anatomy and physiology standpoint but like 
do I need that information? And does it directly apply to my current human experience? No, absolutely not. You know? So I'm also very wary of like what information I'm filtering through my mind because I don't have enough capacity to be processing everything. I've always said the mind is a hard drive. Yeah. And what do you want to put on there is what you want to put on there is up to you. But that's why I try not to consume things that don't feed it in some way that's positive or excited or make it feel connect me to emotions of joy of of some kind you know um so yeah i totally hear you while there are so many beneficial lectures and not to pick on human because we both fucking love oh yeah yeah i'm just like not that episode other episodes sure (laughs) yeah yeah we love him we've had a lot of his content and we'll listen to more of his content going forward there are some episode titles that i read and i'm like oh that's probably useful i'll look at listening to that if and when I go X, you know, yes. whatever, whatever when I'm whatever interested thing. in sprinting in the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but right now I don't have any foreseeable plans to go sprinting in the mountains. And that's why I probably won't consume that. But the thing about consumption is that in our generation and even more so in the younger generations, it's become extra... Uh, there's just, just so much to there's consume. There's just so much. Yeah, we there's live so in a candy shop. Yeah. And, 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 and we, yeah, we live in a candy shop. And, yeah. and, and we, fought as a generation, and people younger than us and even a little bit older than us, they, we all fucking love our candy. Yeah. And it's very different to how it was 100 years ago when yeah. you had to get on a fucking horse and walk to a library and then pick out what you like and then... Um, <laughs> get on a horse and walk to the library. I don't know how things... <laughs> are, dude, I'm not from this planet, man. Like, if, I, if I was here, I was here as a very different kind of person. Oh, so um, funny. Um, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think feel... I think that's like a great way to... Um, you're going to be turning right onto the Hume Highway, by the way. Awesome. I think that's a great way to navigate moving forward. So like fa- facing your fears and... S- beginning the forward motion alongside continuing the healing journey without getting caught in the healing trap is to actually filter the consumption filter your consumption Mm. right i think that's really great like stick to one or two modes of self-help and self-discovery sorry self-progression and self-discovery along personal development alongside doing the work that you need to do Mm. so that you're not you know listening to 100 podcasts a week or you're not moving forward without addressing any of your shit. That's it. So it's not necessarily consume less. It's consume more wisely. Yeah. Consume with more intention. Consume wisely and and act, action as much as you consume. Yeah. As much time as you have to consume, put aside that much, if not more time, to actually action. And that's going to be a good way to ingest. Yeah. So I really hope that this episode has inspired you guys to face a fear and to recognize that facing your fears is a practice it is a practice as much as we value taking a thousand steps or whatever it is you know this could be like doing an ice bath even or something like that um but i think like get a little more wild and fun and crazy with it face a fear and make it a practice especially when you're feeling stuck in life I also really hope it inspires some of you to consume information more intentionally and consume um, things that are impactful and beneficial on a personal development level. Consume those things multiple times rather than looking for that next fix elsewhere because those things spoke to you deeply in the first place for a reason. So use them. And um, 
when it comes to our podcast, every episode is just so valuable. So don't ever stop consuming this um, mode of you know self-development inspiration. Not just our podcast, but generally any words that come out of our mouth yeah. at all times Everything we are do. extremely valuable and, and not and to be taken lightly. share it with other people because it inspires you. Because it inspires you and because you recognize that we speak pure gold. Yeah. And um, no one has ever spoken more pure truth. Not even deities or any prophets Gurus, of any kind. prophets, yeah. There is no one out there that is great except for us. Everyone else is shit. And just listen to us and our words are absolutely all pervading. Per- pervasive? Per- pervasive. Pervading. Our words, we are good with words. 